welcome to The Near Memo, a weekly conversation about search, social, and commerce. What happened, why it matters, and the implications for local. Okay, welcome to episode 32 of The Near Memo with David, Mike, and me. We're here as always to talk about the latest in local commerce, social media, and search. And as always, there's more things to talk about than we have time to talk about. But we picked out a number of things I think that are interesting that are going on today and will show up in the news show up in Friday's newsletter. I was gonna say something about depending on when you're listening to this, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So um I think David, you were you were gonna lead us off with uh some discussion about uh, some insights from a McKinsey survey about B2B buying. Yeah, there was a, a McKinsey survey. It's actually a year old at this point. It was actually August of, of twenty twenty or maybe it was October of twenty twenty. Um, but I don't think that the the insights from it are necessarily wrong. The, the, the gist is that most people expect the sort of during COVID buying behaviors for B2B buyers anyway to more or less continue um, when the pandemic is over. And a couple of really interesting findings um, from, from my standpoint anyway, and, and relevant to companies that are selling to small businesses, obviously, that's that's why this article sort of caught my attention. Uh, the first was that ordering and reordering uh, basically, 35% of businesses um, prefer self-service as opposed to talking to either a remote salesperson or uh, a field salesperson. Um, field sales, you know, is a pretty strong minority of, in terms of preference, uh, something around 20% kind of across the board, um, which also kind of ties in with a lot of stuff you've written, Greg, about just people's, you know, lack of interest in uh, in sort of face-to-face -face risk at, during COVID. But most people expect that the sort of the habits that have formed over the last year and a half in the, in the B2B space uh, will sort of continue. Um, and then the one that really caught my attention as, as uh, someone who works, you know, doing product at a B2B company, Demand Science, um, the, the pretty staggering to me, actually, that up to 32% of uh, B2B buyers we're willing to spend between fifty thousand and up to five hundred thousand uh, dollars without actually talking to a salesperson, uh, end-to-end uh, digital self-service, and I, that was just a much higher number of a, a a purchase that people are willing to do without talking to someone in sales. Um, and it certainly strikes me that you know if you've operated on a not necessarily a product-led or product-first uh, model with your software business to date, you might be missing out on 32% of your audience. I mean, a, a half million dollar contract uh, is is not exactly a typical SMB level contract. And so um, if you're under that amount, which I assume is basically everyone on this podcast, uh, and you don't have some kind of freemium or free trial product experience that people can take before talking to a salesperson, you're, you're potentially missing out on a huge chunk of your potential customer base. So... So, so uh, was was the sample entirely small businesses, or was it B two B buyers? Sort of no B two B buyers generally, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, if anything, yeah. it skews large. Like larger businesses are also willing to make uh, yeah, they're, pretty large they're purchases without talking to a salesperson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think I think the, the, one of the takeaways for me that's interesting is sort of the 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 fact that fewer and fewer people want to talk to salespeople, sort of in general. I mean, I think your product led growth. Uh, point is very well taken. You know, people want to engage with the thing that they're buying and they want to see it for themselves rather than hearing a bunch of benefit statements. 
but you know, it's 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 it goes back in my mind to some of those earlier surveys that we saw from Call Call Rail and Constant Contact about I think about how what small businesses want is is uh, partnerships with people that are going to help them, not to be pitched. Right? They don't want to be pitched, and I think so much of sales is still stuck. You know, I mean, you you have everybody sort of saying, oh, we do cons- cons- consultative sales, and the salesperson is got to be a partner and all of that. But I think there's still a lot of sales that are very much about pitching and pushing and, and that people just don't want to have to deal with that at all. I mean, I think that that's one of the sort of superficial takeaways perhaps from this is that, is that you're, you know, so much effort is expended in sales, but it's comparatively worth less and less, I think in the whole buying cycle. Right. And, and something think- like account experience or customer experience is, is worth much more. And, yep. you know, should this theoretically, this should be this, this these kinds of reports should be uh, encouraging a shift of internal resources, uh, both in terms of dollars spent and sort of where people are allocated more onto the customer support and service side, um, as opposed to the pure sort of traditional well, pitching sales side. Yeah. So Mike, you wanted to say something. I don't want to cut you off, but I well, just that the good. corollary is also customer success that not, that su- that this support institution needs to be able to help people find the next value in the product as well. And that may be an upsell, it may not be, but it requires selling of some sort in that in- organization as well. So it, it requires a shift in how businesses are run. I mean, we've experienced this with the software products we use this week where we totally onboarded by ourselves. We've been using it for 32 episodes. They upgraded to V2O. A bunch of things broke, and we can't get support. It's very frustrating. And you know, if I if they had said, "Oh, if you just buy this next level up, you would have got support," I would have bought the next level up. But I couldn't. I bought the next level up. But I still didn't get support. So the point is that I think that they have to. You have to rethink how to fill customers' needs, not just from a support point of view, but a product point of view as well. And that may include some sales on that side of the house. Well, I mean, this is, the, should this is include sales. This is the conventional wisdom that you have to be customer centric. You know, we this is sort of cliche marketing language, but too many organizations don't really take it to heart. They use the rhetoric, but they don't really think about what it means. I can tell you um, just from an overall experience standpoint. So, We've got an internal group called Solutions Engineering, which is a not customer success exactly. It's it sits somewhere between product and sales, kind of. Um, I'm not on that team, so I'm probably not doing a good good job representing it. Uh, Crystal Tang is on that team, and I know that every time they involve one of those people in a sales call, the success rates go way up because those they know the product and they can really provide useful information. Whereas very often the sales rep is just reading a script or some version of a script and they don't have a lot of product knowledge and they're not really there to, to help the customer. I'm not talking about Uber all now. I'm talking about just in general. They're, they're really there to, to make a quota, right? Or whatever their particular objective, objective is. And um, so, you know, and, and, and reports like the McKinsey report are interesting, but they don't change culture. That's the, that's the problem is that you can read a report. You can say, hmm. Well, that's that's interesting. Then you go back to your organization. And everything is the way that it's always been. Right. But it also, you know, opens the door for startups who don't have the legacy sort of sure. know, co- company baggage that's or inertia that's, you know, preventing this kind of um, this kind of mindset. So interesting report. Um, and I think 
equally valid and unfortunately equally valid in September of 2021 as it was September of 2020. So, yeah. Well, or or not, unfortunately, as the case may be, it reflects reality, <laughs> you know, to people. Um, right. Okay, so speaking of change or the lack thereof, Mike, you wanted to talk about a recent report about, see, I'm getting better and better at these segues. Amazing uh, the, segue. One of your best. <laughs> the, 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 a report from, um, uh, about uh, uh, mobile payments adoption and sort of a surprising uh, finding that it wasn't as high as maybe people would have expected from COVID. Yeah, the report's at payments.com and it focuses on Apple Pay particularly. And they note that 6% of iPhone users have opted into Apple Pay and use it regularly. And this compares to only to 5% in 2015. So th- this, they explore this lack of growth in Apple uh, digital wallet payments, um, which is, you know, 20% growth over six years is not very much. But they also highlight the fact that this year, you know, 2021 compared to 2019, cash use declined, not a big surprise. Credit card use increased by 33%. Debit card use declined by 7%. That's a little strange, but could be that people didn't have as much money in the bank. But mobile wallet use in store declined 26%. And in the context of that, Apple did not decline at all. In other words, their share of mobile wallet users went up. And the other interesting tidbit is that in 2015, that 6% spent $5 billion. Now 6% of Apple users spend $90 billion. So it's, it's a real money. So, so they're saying $90 billion is coming through Apple Pay? Yes. That's, that's quite a lot of money. That is quite a lot of money. The, the question is, why is it not more successful? That's, is an interesting question to me. That's my gro- that's my weekly grocery bill at this point. I think <laughs> yeah. you, you must shop at Whole you must shop at Whole Foods, not Albertsons. I, I, I do about half of half fifty percent of the time. Not just shop at Whole Foods, but have Instacart deliver it or whoever, so it ends up being another thirty percent on top of it. You, you're living the good life, eh? Um, but what's interesting to me is why hasn't you know digital wallet use become more widely adopted and Apple in particular. For me, the phone has never been that useful, but when I got my watch, Apple fanboy that I am, although I got this one because of I wanted to do a uh, heart monitoring, um, the Apple fanboy then, this actually made me use Apple Pay a lot more, didn't require me to take the phone out. So some of it is convenience and use case of the phone. It's like just as easy to take your wallet out as it is to take your phone out. But so, But other devices like my watch, I think, break through that. Your guys' thoughts? Well, um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Ahead. I'm not an Apple. Wa- I'm not an Apple Watch guy. Uh, I certainly I have my phone out in the, while I'm waiting in line at the grocery store anyway, because I'm checking my fantasy football lineup or, you know, reading the athletic or whatever I'm doing. So it's like I already have my phone out. I actually have my card that that my credit card actually in a pocket on the back of my phone. So it's like the tap to pay thing works just fine for me. And I don't I, I just I don't think it's solving a major Problem now, where that changes potentially is, you know, if there's some integration with this new, uh, the the new walkout to purchase um, phenomenon that App- Amazon and others are sort of piloting, that that could get me to, you know, really start adopting it. But um, I don't know to what extent that's going to be tied in. I, obviously, Amazon and Apple are not exactly, you know, fraternal uh, at this point. Right. So. But I don't think that the it, the default setup for Apple Pay just isn't that compelling for me to to want to use it. So, well, so I'm I'm probably a I'm probably a one percenter when it comes to Apple Pay on my phone because I use it 
more than any other payment me- mechanism, right? I'm, I never use cash at this point. And rarely do I take out a credit card and swipe it or put it into the, the card reader. It's just, it's just very, I don't have an Apple watch. I have an Amazon halo with no, it's just a pure fitness monitor. Um, but it, it, for me, it's very easy and convenient. It's faster than a credit card. You know, if you've got a, if you've got a chip, you have to put it in, wait, pull it out. No, you don't. I have the tap to tap to pay. Well, the tap it over for a second. Yeah. If it, it, not all cards are, are NFC enabled, but yes, that's, you're right. That's, that's equally convenient. But, um, there have been numerous occasions when I have, as I've said, I think on previous podcasts, where I've gone to the grocery store and my wallet is at home, you know, because I, I, I you know, I, for so long I didn't leave the house. So it's like only to go to the grocery store. Greg, I have one question, critical question. Did you remember your pants? Sometimes I don't. <laughs> about, about 50% of the time. Oh, okay. No, so, so, so <laughs> things have really gone to seed around here, I'm, I have to tell you. But, but, but I've gone to the grocery store and, and, and thought, shit, my wallet's back in this bowl near our, our front door. You know, I have my keys, I have my phone. But it doesn't stop me because I go in and I just use the phone to pay, no harm, no foul. In the past, you know, it had been like, oh, I've got to go back and get my wallet. So I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I, 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 you know, but I, I was really surprised that the number was as slow as it is, although the, the, the dollars are very large. I think one well, of the, does, the point, a point ahead. that David brought up about his card being able to do tap to pay points out that there's this tremendous, initially there was inconsistency on the terminal side. Not enough people had the correct terminals. Now that's all fixed. But now there's an inconsistency on the card side. Like some places don't take American Express and my local credit union isn't in Apple Pay. So I have to pull out my traditional card there and stick the chip in. It's not tap to pay. So there's this inconsistency from rural area where I still don't have Apple Pay on all my cards and I don't even have anything like tap to pay to my tap to pay. So I think some of the problem is that, that there's just not a uniform way that works all the time in every situation and just easier to keep using what works. I I think, I think what, what one interesting point that, that I made before we started recording is that if I can be self-congratulatory, one of my more interesting <laughs> ideas. <laughs> I, I forget about it. It's not my, it's an interesting observation about the world. Not interesting. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, so the, 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 you didn't, you, as you were pointing out, Mike, on the terminal side, you didn't have, everybody didn't take Apple Pay or didn't have the capacity to take NSC payments. They didn't have the right reader. Now, with with a lot of small businesses with the Square Reader, everybody everybody went to that because they started they had to take credit cards, and those are also enabled to take mobile payments. the 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 merchant problem is largely solved. I mean, I, I there, I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area, so it may not be typical of every metro area in the country, but that I don't encounter places where they can't take a credit card or they can't, you know, mostly can't take Apple Pay. Well, when you come for your haircut on your vacation, yes. I'll show you a few places. Well, right, right. You're in the you're in the areas where they're shutting down the local newspapers. So yes, unfortunately, yeah. Um, okay, so so my the third. Well, and before final- you go on, I just want to conclude this by you know I think that I've always thought that digital payments tap to pay, you know, is important. The the question is, will it will it rise from sort of relative obscurity in the future. And 
And David says, no, you say yes. Well, I know I I don't, it may never be a mainstream thing. I mean, I think, I think the, the technology infrastructure that supports NFC, you know, that, that tap to pay mobile payments, whatever, I think that's in place. It sort of doesn't matter in a, in a way, whether people are tapping to pay or using their watch or using their, their, uh, their phones. I mean, the point is convenience and that merchants need to support convenience. Right. And Although a lot of the failure of uptake was originally due to Walmart and Walgreens fighting this trend, right? And now I feel like the trend is being fought not by those folks, but maybe by the MasterCard and Visa folks with alternative well, products, right? So I think it's it's really a question of who's going to let who take a cut of what at this point. Well, so there's there's a really interesting alternative discussion that we won't have today about buy now, pay later. And that whole phenomenon, that's right. a, that's becoming a huge thing. And it's kind of starting in some cases to supplant credit card usage online. And and the, a logical place for that to go would be to go offline as well. But we'll we'll see what what happens with that. Um, but it's 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 really a, a big phenomenon and, and pretty interesting. Uh, and, and it's a way for merchants to get away from the credit card fees. I mean, Amazon is pushing it. They invested in a firm because they hate the credit card fees and a lot of merchants do. Um, so there is no segue that I can. Maybe come, you'll be able up. to pay just by looking at the terminal. Yes, the there we go. Right? All right. When, someday <laughs> when you have, you can tap your glasses and that will send a, a payment to the terminal. That's right. So Facebook today, um, or depending on when you're listening to this a few days ago, uh, announced their long awaited collaboration with Ray-Ban the the maker of Ray-Bans, uh, Luxottica, um, and they've come out with smart glasses that do a bunch of things, capture video. I, I think there's a limited AR capability. Um, you can listen to music. So it's it's a kind of an amalgam of features. You know, people are sort of saying this is really just Snap Spectacles 2.0 or something, or they just copied Snap Spectacles. Um, one of the things that they, they they cost, I think, $299. They come in uh, 20 different flavors. You can put prescription lenses in them. They look like normal glasses. Um, one of the significant things is that you can take video or imagery that you capture and upload it to any of the social media platforms. It's not limited to Facebook-owned platforms, which I think is significant. Um, and, they're, and they're going bending over backwards to give users reassurances about privacy you're in control um you can users but how about the people in the users field of vision well right so that's how how do i how do i as a pedestrian walking across somebody's path opt out of facebook recording my image well you 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 can't effectively because you're in a public place right that gets into a discussion about privacy in public places and expectations of privacy which is like fourth amendment law but um it's a it's a very valid point and an important point, but just just real quickly, my my reflexive reaction to this was like, oh, this is this is potentially dead on arrival. This is like you know, ha 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 ha, another failure. <laughs> that you know, Facebook has not had success with its its um, its uh, smart screen device at home because they they're in this sort of perilous position around trust. Um, and so my my instinct was to say this is this is going to have a similar fate, you know, sort of on the heels of the previous versions of this Google Glass and Snap Spectacles, which didn't really <laughs> succeed. But I think this is an important product because I think it's the first set of smart glasses that look normal 
And I think there are a lot of nice features here. And so I think it's, it's in the evolution of this product. I think it's significant. I don't think that it will be a major success because Facebook is so untrusted and because people are creeped out by the idea of being photographed, you know, uh, wherever they may be. So now another counterpoint that I read on Twitter today is that in order for this device to, well, I don't know if this is the only way, but it is one way for this device to do stuff is through voice activation. And so somebody's going to have to say, Facebook, take a photo of the menu or something like that. And that is just not going to be cool ever. If you're say if you're saying that, you know, you're around friends or whatever, like that's going to be pretty awkward and not maybe that useful. So, well, I don't know if there's a sort of a tap function that exists. There may be. I mean, I don't know if you remember back when Google Glass was rolled out, they there were yeah. all these par- parodies that came out, right? So you knew that the product was dead when the parodies sort of proliferated and made it really awkward to be somebody who was wearing one of these. So if that starts happening, we know that uh, that it's that it's dead. But I, I think it's a significant product. We'll wait and see how su- successful it is. So, so this morning I was doing my regular reading and I read about a smart toilet that measures your health by measuring your fecal output and your urinal output. Obviously takes privacy uh, invasion to a whole new level. Yes. This sort of, for me, falls into that same category. Although more public, nonetheless, equally unnecessary. But I, I could be Would wrong. Would you go so far as to say equally shitty, Mike? <laughs> yeah, only assholes need them, right? Uh, both well, devices. Although I was wondering on this on this toilet what the uh, digital assistant would be called. I thought of maybe Poopy <laughs> instead of Siri. Poopy, you think that would work? I don't know. Poopy. Hey, poopy, poop, yeah, yeah. Poopy, uh, poopy flush. <laughs> yeah, right. Flush, flush again. And, and the killer app is daily affirmations, right? You did a good job today, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, 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 so <laughs> I, I no, no, I mean, I think, I think, you know, this is Apple's got their glasses coming out. There will obviously be more iterations of this. I mean, I think there's, there's something here that has a future, whether or not this, this particular product succeeds. And I do think the privacy questions are really vexing, difficult questions. I mean, think about all the location data that Facebook will get. I mean, this is Facebook's smartphone, essentially, right? They will also get information on how frequently you're uploading to services other than them. Yeah. So they'll know who to buy or to create, copy a feature. Buy and, buy and bury. Buy and bury. Right. our last near memo. Yeah. So you you guys are both thumbs down on this product. You think it's not going to... I'm I'm two thumbs down, but you know, I don't know how many... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am I mean, I couldn't be rooting harder against a product in the in the market um whether whether or not mike's and my opposition is enough to doom it uh i i'm not sure but well you are you are you are influencers so you never know we we you know we can we can start selling makeup i think that might be a, a good path to profitability um i i i think it won't succeed because of the trust issues but i think as a form factor as a piece of technology it's interesting and will spur others to to do similar things. And I do think there is some role for smart glasses in the future. I just think that um, the privacy stuff is really problematic. And, and the social stuff is problematic. David's point of view, talking to your glasses is awkward. I mean, it, it's already has- weird enough to see people talking to their AirPods right. while they're out for a walk. I mean, that's Which already is- totally bizarre. So well, it, it's it, it, psychotic or, you know, <laughs> Uh, in Portland, it's hard to tell sometimes, actually. Yeah. 
One of the interesting things that Apple did recently with the watch was they introduced grasping uh, interface. So gestures, that you could, yeah. gestures. And I think that you would need something like that, that's subtle and private that to drive this whole process, because otherwise, not only would it, it would, you know, it, it, it's, it's a social problem. I mean, phones are a social problem, but this is even a bigger one particularly if you're having to talk to it. Well, I mean, it'll be very interesting to see what Apple comes comes up with in this in this context because, you know, they usually do a better job, though not always, than other people. And undoubtedly, they're aware of all of these things. Yeah. But they don't, they don't quite face the same uh, headwinds, privacy headwinds that Facebook faces. Okay. But... Um, do you remember that we're we're at the end? But do you remember that um, there was a parody video which I'll have to find uh, called Flutter? I think it was a parody of Twitter, but they had they featured a, a kind of mock pair of smart glasses. <laughs> it was a very funny video, very very funny video. It anticipated this these these smart glasses and the social awkwardness that comes with them. Anyway, all right. So um, once again, we come to the close of another near memo. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Have a great Thank week. Thank you. Thanks for joining David, Mike, and Greg. To stay on top of the latest developments in local, subscribe to our newsletter at nearmedia.co. We'll see you next week.